if i'm getting stopped out three times four times in a row i take it as a feedback from the market that hey the market is not good anymore for my style of trading yeah it might be good for someone else it might be good for a value investor it might be good for somebody who likes to bottom fish but it's not good for my style of trading and if that's i know that because i've got stopped out repeatedly so i step back i set out i wait for trades to work and then i go aggressive this is the how to trade stocks options podcast brought to you by 10minutestocktrader.com where we cover finance stocks options entrepreneurship education and money and here's your host voted one of the top 100 people in finance christopher yule Are you ready to finally learn how the market really works? Well, now's your chance. I have a free book for you over at secretinvestingbook.com. And this outlines 13 of the biggest secrets that Wall Street doesn't want you to know, like how to get a positively unfair advantage in the stock market. This is everything you're going to need all in one place. And the way to get this is by going to secretinvestingbook.com. Now this book is free. It is free for you. I paid for the book. I just need you to help me out by covering the shipping from my office to your house. So, go to Secret Investing Book right now, get your free copy today, and I'll ship this out right away and you can get the positively unfair advantage in the stock market by reading these 13 secrets that Wall Street does not want you to know. So, get your free book over at secretinvestingbook.com today. The How to Trade Stock Options podcast is now exclusively on sharevision.com, the first dedicated streaming platform for the world of finance, and that's where you can find us every single week over at sharevision.com. Just head to sharevision.com to learn more and type in 10-minute stock trader in the search bar, come like and subscribe. I can't wait to see you over there at sharevision.com, the first dedicated streaming platform for the world of finance. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, I am very excited to have a conversation with Nishit Mehta. Now, Nishit comes to us all the way from Mumbai, where he is an Indian stock trader. And in 2021, he placed ninth in the U.S. Investing Championship with a 79% return. And he is competing in the 2022 U.S. Investing Championship with a 20% return by the end of March, which as we all know, 2022 has been a crazy year. Well, Nisha, I am so excited to uh, to have you on today. I, I am really stoked to talk to you because I have actually never talked to anybody who trades Indian stocks. I know it's a huge market over there. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to your show. Absolutely. So so let's let's do this. You know, you weren't straight born to be in the top 10, the U S investing championship, right? I'm sure that there's a long story to get to where you are. Tell me about it. How did you get to this place? Right. Tell me, tell me what, what came across your mind as a, as a kid learning to invest and now as an adult actually being super successful in this. So as a kid, I had no idea. I wanted to get into trading or investing. So it was by, after I went to my, uh, college that I decided that investing is the place I want to be. I want to make a career at. So initially I started off as an investor. I liked fundamental analysis, looking at the balance sheets, PNL statements, uh, understanding company models, business models, but that didn't really fructify for me. I didn't really make much money. Uh, struggled a lot as a fundamental investor 
so the returns were very inconsistent so that's when i decided that trading i should try my hand at trading so it was uh, around 2014 that i decided i wanted to be a trader so i did my mba in uh, jbms which is a, a prestigious college in, uh, based out of mumbai and uh, after my mba from jbms i worked as a fx sales trader at uh, a mumbai based bank it's named rbl bank it was there that i got exposure to uh, fx markets and uh, technical analysis and that's how i started to uh, trade very cool so okay i have several follow up questions what tell me tell me about when you started as an investor based on fundamentals and balance sheets and financial statements and things like that and you were saying you struggled you say you were saying that you were making any money right the returns were inconsistent what what took you down that path what where where did you go okay i want to start looking from an investor time frame what what took you to that point so in all b schools at least in india they all focus primarily on uh, in fundamental analysis they teach you uh, dcf valuation models uh, gordon growth model so that's what we are exposed to even the professors uh, their their thinking is that fundamental analysis long term investing that's the only way to make money in stock markets so that is how so initially we are all attracted to warren buffet the richest investor that we know is is a guy who uses fundamental analysis exclusively i he never, he himself has publicly say, said that he never looks at a chart so that's what maybe made me believe that fundamental analysis and long term investing is the only way to make money out of stock markets isn't that crazy right so so i went to business school as well and i got a undergraduate in business and an mba as well and it is that right in business schools they want to teach you all about the fundamentals they want to teach you about 10k's balance sheets cash flows and all the stuff that doesn't matter right because because at the end of the day and i try to explain this to people and and they don't want to believe they don't want to believe that all that matters is price right price has to go from one point to another that's the only thing that pays it's a price that's going to make money for you i mean you can buy and hold a company for 5 years but if the stock is down 50% nobody is going to reward you the company ceo is not going to come to your doorstep and offer you million dollars and or even offer you anything i mean yeah you get that, nothing that, that's such a great point and and i look back and i i wish that they taught trading in schools because the lessons that we learn through successful trading can be applied to successful investing but they don't want to they don't want to make that correlation between the two so what do you what do you think about that absolutely i i concur with you i think trading is something that better you earlier you start better you get because mm. uh, we get better with experience is a trading is one profession if done correctly you get better with experience you know what's great is that those 79% returns that you got last year right 
you can compound that for the rest of your life and just have incredible wealth doing something that you enjoy, right? Absolutely. So, so tell me, you mentioned that you got into the Forex markets and technical analysis and Forex is, uh, I mean, it's a huge thing globally, right? And the leverage that people get provided um, really, really, really hurts most traders because they get sold the idea of I'm going to have 50, 100 times leverage. And then within a second, their account's blown out. It feels like a second. How, how did you navigate that market? Did you trade Forex markets at all? No. I was a sales trader, so I only had to uh, execute trades for clients. Ah. So what kept you out of it? Sell products. Yeah. Sell forward, sell FX options to the clients. That's mm, all. Gotcha. But you learned a lot during that time, right? Yes. Yes. Tell me some of those lessons you learned. So we, I, it was FX markets that taught me the importance of uh, technical analysis. So in, on, uh, on my uh, dealing desk, everybody followed technical analysis. We were all clients of uh, Bloomberg, Reuters. So, and we would, my, uh, all the traders on my desk would have charts open on their desk. And uh, so that's how, and yeah, the importance of risk management. Because the amount of leverage that's in, uh, involved, if you don't uh, follow your stops, you can blow up your account very fast. So I've seen traders crying at their desks because they didn't follow their stop loss for that one one trade. Mm-hmm. So one trade one trade could ruin your career in FX market or in any financial market for that matter. It can, it can absolutely. And when, when I work with traders and when I trade, you know, there's only so many variables that you as a trader can control. And one of those is your stop loss. And another one of those is your position size, right? Because you don't have to throw everything into one trade. And when I tell people this, they, they get this, this thought where it's like, well, of course I have to put, you know, 50, 60, 70% of my account in one trade. How else am I going to make any money? What are your thoughts on risk management? Well, that's a that's the main thing that differentiates between a newbie and a professional trader. It's not technical analysis, it's not fundamental analysis, it's risk management that differentiates between a good trader and a struggling trader. How do you use it in your uh, in your trading? What are some of your risk rules? So in the last four years, there, there hasn't been a single trade which I haven't had a stop loss on. Not a single trade. And the worst loss I have had on a trade in last four years is minus 8%. That's mm-hmm. it. I never let any stock drop more than 8% on any any trade. But but Nishit, when when the market's going down, don't you don't you think that you can buy more at a better price, right? Don't you want to add to uh, what do they call it? Dollar cost average. Don't you want to get a better price? Uh, there's a quote of Paul Tudor Jones: "Losers, losers, average losers." 
You, sir, are well-versed in your trading history, which I really, really like. I, uh, I am a huge, I, I'm, I'm a student of the trading market as well. So I, pulling that out, I'm really glad you did. Losers, average losers. Now, uh, I'm sure you know Minervini then. Minervini is one of my mentors. And uh, Paul Tudor Jones was his, like, his goal, right? Yeah, because uh, Paul Tudor Jones could put in triple digit returns five years in a row. And Mark, it was like, hey, if he can do it, I can do it, right? And I love that, right? Because you don't have to be, this is not superhuman stuff. This is not magical. (laughs) If you had to say, because because when I tell people, the most successful investors in the rule in the world have one thing that they do every single one is that they follow a set of rules. Right. Would you agree with that? Totally, totally. In fact, it was uh, uh, William O'Neill and mm-hmm. Mark Minervini's books that uh, turned around my trading. You know, I've read more than hundred books on trading, yeah. but those three books. Uh, how to make money in stocks, uh, think and trade like a champion and trade like a stock market wizard. These yeah. three books are, are the best I've ever read and most practical to the real trading environment. Yes. I agree with you so much. And, and, and I know how blessed I am to be able to, to learn from Mark directly. Um, but it's, it's so great because it's not rocket science and people want to complicate it, but it, it boils down to a set of, of rules, repeatable rules. Right. And Minervini talks about this right now, right? You got to have sit out power too, because when the market is not working, it's okay to hold cash and you hold it as long as it takes. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, uh, there's one, one thing that Mark said in one of his interviews that he holds 50% cash on an average, 50% of the times. That's that's a huge thing, right? Because right. in schools and uh, everywhere in everywhere in mutual fund in industry, hedge fund industry, they talk about being invested all the time. They say if the client has given you money, your job is to put all that money into the markets. Whereas this guy, a successful trader is saying he's willing to sit on 50% cash 50% of the time. That's a big thing. It's a weird so thought. I try, to, I try to do the same thing in my trading. If I'm getting stopped out three times, four times in a row, I take it as a feedback from the market that, hey, the market is not good anymore for my style of trading. Yes. It might be good for someone else. It might be good for a value investor. It might be good for somebody who likes to bottom fish but it's not good for my style of trading and if that's i know that because i've got stopped out repeatedly so i step back i sit out i wait for trades to work and then i go aggressive what would you what would you describe your style as trading is i am a breakout trader i trade so all the stocks that i trade they are within 20% of their 50 to week highs I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that before. In fact, I believe that was uh, something I learned directly from the man himself. Being a breakout trader, when you see, uh, are you familiar with like U.S. stocks, like the the Netflixes and the Facebooks? I'm sure you are, but I don't know. You tell me. 
I've heard of the companies. We all use the same uh, products here in India, but I, if you ask me something about the charts, then no, I've not oh, seen the charts. Okay. I was going to say, uh, because like the US stock market, at least in the last six months or so, everything that used to be like the stock to buy has just been totally crushed. And Mark has this great quote where he calls it his 50-80 rule, right? What used to be an incredible stock, an incredible buy has a 50% chance of going down at least 80% and an 80% chance of going down at least 50%. And so many people here in the United States were trained to buy every dip. Every time the stock price goes down, buy it. And in the last six months, I have, I have heard so much carnage in people's portfolio because they were trained of, if it goes down, buy more. That's true. That's how it, it's been everywhere, actually. Even in India, the, markets has, the market hasn't been that great in the last six months. All the markets in the world, they move in sync. You know, These days in the globalized world, everything moves in sync. So Indian markets haven't been great. But yeah, the price damage that you guys are seeing in uh, tech stocks, that kind of damage hasn't really happened in India as yet. It could happen in future. We don't know. But yeah, I've seen those markets in India. Uh, in 2018, we had similar kind of bear market in small and mid-cap mid names, uh, where stocks, the hot stocks, the storied stocks, which had gone up 500, 600% in two years, fell 70, 80, 90% within a space of eight months, nine months. So I've seen that. At that time, were you buying those stocks? No. No? Okay. I, I, I buy stocks when they are close to their 52-week highs. So if there are no stocks which are close to 52-week highs, I have no business trading. So you have no business trading. Well, then what do you do? I mean, if, if there's nothing to trade, what do you do then, Nishit? I just sit out. I read books. I uh, listen to podcasts of people like you. <laughs> I smile because uh, I, I, I run a, a trading group and every day I just have to constantly remind them, look, this is not set up and it's okay to hold cash. Mark has this incredible quote here. I'll pull it up on my screen. Since you know uh, of Mark, you'll appreciate this. Um, let me screen share real quick. Okay, I think you can. Can you see the screen? Yes, I can. Okay, Mark has this incredible quote. When the market is in correction, this is where the willingness to exercise sit out power is key. And then the, the next part right here, as soon as I read this, I'm like, I am keeping this tweet. I'm saving it for the rest of my life. He says, remember, while you do nothing, less experienced, lesser disciplined, and less skilled investors are laying the groundwork for your success. They are building the bases. And then the traders like us, we're buying the breakouts. That's right. Man, when I read that, I was like, there's so much wisdom in that, you know, 200 characters. I've never heard anything more succinct. True. So the last one year, you mentioned in your uh, introduction that I made 79% uh, over the year in USIC. So uh, there were two different months, two to three different months where I didn't place a single trade. I was flat for the, for the month. 
I didn't place a single trade. No setups, no trading. So they were were they was it two straight months or is it um like a day here and a day there? One month here and one month there. Did you ever and, feel pressure, especially being in the competition, to be like, I, I need to do something? No. So um, winning the competition was never the priority. My priority is always to trade well, to execute my set of rules and the numbers would should be the byproduct. You know, I never let the scoreboard uh, put pressure on me. It's so smart, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm over here loving this, right? Because it's, it's like, um, it's, it's not about the scoreboard. It's about following the rules and the rules are proven to rack up points. But if you break the rules, then you're probably going to be losing points. There is one more advantage of sitting out. So you not only not lose money, but in trading, not losing money is actually more precious than making money. Because in a bad market, if you are down 20%, you then need to make more than 20% to break even. To get to your initial equity curve. Isn't that crazy, right? I think it's like 25%, right? If if you have, yeah, yeah. Because like, let's say you had five and you lost four, you lost 20%, you're down to four. Now you need to get 25% on the four to get back to five. Yeah. It's crazy, right? You're you're totally right. So so let's let's chat on some of your uh, your trades in the 2021 championship, right? Uh, we practiced ahead of time, so if it's okay with you, uh, could you show some of your like favorite trades from last year that that you were really proud of? Sure, I would love to see that. Yeah, let me share my screen with you. By the way, as he's pulling that up, I just want to inform the audience: Nishit being in Mumbai is it's 10 almost 11 o'clock at night for him yet he's giving his gracious time to come on and i really appreciate you man pleasure is mine so here is chart of one stock okay so an IPO I, stock. I do want to preface this a little bit so nisha is trading like i said in the uh indian stock market so we were not able to pull this up on my screen because uh, it doesn't search the Indian stock market. So he's going to pull this up and he's going to run the show on his side. And um, if you wouldn't mind just letting us know what symbol you're looking at. So is this Craftsman? Yeah. Okay. So the name of the company is Craftsman Automation. It's a auto component company. Not that it, it concerns us. We only look at charts right, right. now. So so this was an IPO base. By the way, I love IPO bases. Uh, they tend to, if they work, they really go a long way. So what I moving bought, averages do you have there? So these are 10 and 20 day moving averages. I use those as well. That's what I was asking. I use 50 and 200 as well. But mm-hmm. since this is an, this is an IPO base, we, we don't see 50 and 200 here. We haven't had uh, 50, 50 days of trading as yet. Right. So I bought on this day. Why did you buy it there? So as you can see, it formed a beautiful cup here. 
am I, am I, is my screen visible? It's beautiful. It's clear as day. Yeah. Okay. So it formed a beautiful cup here. There was this small pullback. The correction, the pullback was just 5%. I generally look for pullbacks less than 10%. So this was just a 5% pullback. And then it broke out here. So this was my buy area. I, I bought at 1380. So here you can see the high of this candle of this bar is 1378. So 1378 was my pivot. I bought at 1380 and boom, there's no looking back. <laughs> And then there was this another short base here, beautiful cup with the handle. It was 17 day base here. The high, the high of this bar was my pivot, which is 1800, 1820 actually. So this was my pivot. I bought here and off she goes. So looking at this, you're definitely not day trading. No, no, of course not. But for you, was there ever a point, clearly not during this time, was there ever a point where you're like, I want to day trade, right? Because if I know how to trade and if I do it faster, it should be easier, right? Should be able to make more money faster. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way for me, actually. Uh, day trading push uh, puts a lot of pressure uh, and the day trading the for a day trader the relevant charts are 5 minute 15 minute 1 hour and look at the amount of whipsaw you yeah. have on hourly and 30 minute charts it's crazy it is crazy so this is too much the whipsaw is too much for me so that is the reason I opted for swing trading or position trading that once a trade works for you, it, I, it, it makes a lot of money and some, some trades make your year actually. Yes. And when you get a great trade, you don't have to do anything. You just log in every day. Look, look at all the money you're making and log right back out. There's nothing to do on a trade that's working, right? Right. Is it, and that's really hard for people too, because they want to do something, right? But there's nothing to do. If it's working, just let it roll. I mean, I have got nothing against intraday traders. I'm, I'm sure there must be really good intraday traders out there who I don't know, but I'm sure there must be. It's just, it's individual thing. You know, there's, I, I read in one book, Market Wizard, uh, that you should trade as per your personality. Yeah. So it's my personality that that suits. It's the swing trading that suits my personality, and that's why I trade short term bursts Absolutely. and not uh, So, so what was your exit signal here on Craftsman? So, uh, coming back to this trade, I had uh, once I bought here. So, so you, you got your initial position and then you added again, did you add the yes, same I, amount? Uh, yes. Yes. Actually I, uh, I do the it same was thing. At 12, 
yeah yeah it was a 12% position size here uh, here actually and then i doubled up here mm-hmm. so it was a 25% position for me and then once it went all the way here i decided that 20 day moving average is going to be my trailing stop loss so once it closed below 20 dma here it's on this day mm-hmm. i sold the very next day so i so once a stock closes below a moving average i make it a point to sell the next day i don't sell on that very day okay i sell so i'm very similar you and i have similar trading styles um the only difference that that you were mentioning is i like to sell the day it closes below that line um just because i use that as my signal right and i only i only trade at the end of the day i'm not day trading at all not i'm not doing anything except the last 30 minutes of the day really is all i'm even looking at it so oh man it's so cool to see and you know one thing that you can really see really well on this chart is moving average crossovers are great entry signals but moving average crossovers are not so great exit signals because you get that crossover um what is that around august uh late july august i mean it's a whole week before those moving averages actually do cross back down but you've already made your exit you know several dollars ahead of that point that's right that's right i do not really rely on moving average crossovers in my trading i either it's a trailing stop loss mm-hmm. 20 dm it's generally 20 dma it's not even 50 dma i just have 20 dma as my trailing stop loss or i sell into strength yeah because this was an ipo stock and and i believe ipo stocks can go a long way can go a long way longer than one can even imagine that's why i tend to have a trailing stop loss when it comes to ipo stocks otherwise i tend to sell into strength once it is three times my initial risk i sell half if it goes higher i sell another half that that's how i generally trade that's awesome so nisha let's let's do this if if you could give some rules um to a to an aspiring trader what rules would you want to give to them the first rule would be to find a system when i started out i didn't have a system i thought looking at pe multiples if a stock has a low pe it means it is viable if stock has a high pe ratio you have to sell it's it's there is no it's it's not a rule so once i had a system things started to fall in place so my advice for a newbie trader would be first find a system there are a lot of books out there which share trading systems there are a lot of people like you who share their trading systems with people out there so once you have a system then you have to be disciplined to stick to that system and I'm yeah sure, along man. the way there will be days when days months when that system would be out of fashion that system would not work some other guy with some other trading system would do much better than you but that's the time to stick to what you know your trading model and just get back, better at it 
as mark minervini always says that it's better to be you know i i want to be master of one trade than be jack of many trades yeah you know while you're saying that i i wrote down systems have seasons right sometimes the season is perfect for that system and you just rake in all the money and then other times you sit in cash and then other times you take losses style drift is not an option yeah for me. Oh, i like that in the last four years, there have been times where I've sat on cash for like six, seven months, but I've never tried some other trading system because I want to know all the aspects of my trading system, the good ones, as well as bad ones. So now I feel I'm much better at gauging when my style of trading will work. And that's the time to go aggressive. And yeah. when my style of trading won't work. And so that's the time to go defensive. Well said. Well, Nisha, this has been a lot of fun. I have a whole page of notes here from uh, from chatting with you. I, but you know what the best part about this is? And the, the older I get, the more podcast interviews I do, the more people that I talk to, the more champions like yourself that I talk to. It's like it, Tony Robbins. Do you know who Tony Robbins is? Yes, yes, I do. He has this great quote. Yeah. He has this great quote where it's like model success, model people, model successful people. And I mean, basically everybody's trading nearly the exact same thing. All the successful traders, I should say, are trading nearly the exact same thing with some slight variations, but in all reality, it's pretty much the same across the board. But the hard part is actually for those who aren't trading this yet, believing that it does work because there's a belief behind it. Absolutely. Belief, belief is the essential thing behind everything, actually, if you think of it. So everything you do, you have to do with a lot of belief. At least that's how it is in my case. So, but the belief comes with little bit of hard work. So when, so give you an example, when I read William O'Neill's books and when I, and in the first chapter, he has given out hundred charts of successful yeah. big, big, big stocks, big winners. So the first thing I did was to see if the same works in India. So I tried to build my own database of big winners, which had come with a handle which had a double bottom, which had a flat base. And I saw with my own eyes that yes, whatever he said, he said works in US markets, works in India too. Cup with the handle works in India, double bottom works in India, flat base works in India. So there is a little bit of uh, deep dive, I would say, which is, which is required to have the belief in the system. Couldn't agree more. Nisha, this has been really great. And I, I love, I, I mean, this interview really, really impacts me because it really just solidifies the point that successful trading is universal. Like you were just saying, it's not magical. It's not hidden. I mean, there, there are people who do this all day, every day. There are countless books written on it what it's going to take for someone who hasn't found success in trading yet is to just realize that 
we live in the best time in the entire world. The fact that two people like this can chat across the entire globe and our trading styles are super similar. Our trading mentors are super similar. And yet people want to fight and say, no, fundamentals matter. <laughs> so Nisha, I would like to yeah, add. go ahead. There is no holy grail, holy grail out there. I mean, I don't know, but there is this belief among newbie traders that there must be some holy grail out there which will make money for me every day, and I'll be a, a millionaire in two years. No, there doesn't exist. Every trading system has its advantages and has its disadvantages. You have to live with it and you have to work hard. There's no money machine out there or money doesn't grow on trees, you know? Yes. This has been fantastic, Misha. Thank you so much for taking the time in the middle of your night on, on the weekend at this point to come and hang with us. I've learned a ton and I'm so glad that you you had the opportunity to, to to share some of your skills and your your history with our our uh, our podcast audience, and I'm super stoked to catch up with you later on in the year, maybe at the end of this this year, maybe early next year, to hear how 22 how 22 turned out for you because I know it's it's crazy for a lot of people, but uh, I I talked to um oh gosh what's his name he's he's leading right now and he's 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 a 23 year old baseball player still in college Brandon. Uh, Brandon Warnock. Warnock, that's right. Yeah, he's. Uh, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and he's he's saying the same thing you are. Would you believe that most of his trading strategy has a lot to do with William O'Neill and Mark Minervini? Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So cool. I can't wait to catch up with you later on, uh, either later this year or early next year, Nisha, um, and and just to see how it turned out. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. You as well. You you are a treasure trove of knowledge, and and uh, I, I I'm so excited to share this with our audience. And thank you guys for tuning into the podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey, don't forget before you head out, head to secretinvestingbook.com right now to get your free copy of the Secret Investing Book. This is how to finally get a positively unfair advantage in the stock market. And it has 13 of the secrets that Wall Street does not want you to know. And I want to send this to you for free today. Just help me by covering shipping. And the way you can do that is by going to secretinvestingbook.com. That's secretinvestingbook.com. And I'll ship this out for you right away. Thanks so much. I'll see you there.